This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. He's a colourful character whose career has ranged from journalist to politician to world leader. He's been a significant figure in the UK during Brexit and has been leader throughout the COVID pandemic, which hasn't been without scandal. Having just survived a challenge to his leadership, we take a look at his life and career and why Partygate has got him into a bit of hot water. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Boris Johnson has only been Prime Minister of the United Kingdom since July 2019, but he's been one of the nation's most prominent politicians and public figures for more than two decades. So, Claire, let's start at the beginning, and that's with his rather grand name. It's Alexander Boris Defeefel Johnson. It's a good one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. His parents were young when they had him in 1964, certainly by modern standards anyway, but they were very well-to-do. His father was 23 and his mum was 22 and they were Brits living in New York. Uh, That's Stanley Johnson, who was studying economics at Columbia University at the time. Uh, His wife was Charlotte Fawcett, who was an artist. Not long after Johnson was born, he and Charlotte returned to the UK so that she could study at Oxford. And then it was back to the US and Washington DC where Stanley got a job at the World Bank working on population control. And in the years that followed, three more children were born. Uh, Johnson has a sister, Rachel, and two brothers, Leo and Joe. And there were a number of moves back to the United Kingdom and away again. Uh, As a young child, Johnson was deaf and there were several operations to fix his ear issues. And as he got older, he became a serious student uh, who enjoyed the classics, so uh, ancient Greek and Latin, and he loved rugby. His parents' marriage didn't survive, but he found stability while at Eton, that famous boys' school near Windsor in England. And it's there that he's said to have cultivated the eccentric English persona for which he became famous. And that was amongst a crowd of very interesting characters. Uh, His friends were some of the wealthiest and from some of the most notable families in the country. Uh, For example, one of his best friends was Charles Spencer, who, of course, these days is known as Earl Spencer. He's Diana's brother. Uh, And it was a crew that went on to Oxford, uh, where he also fell in with a mob that became some of the biggest figures in the Conservative Party, uh, including former Prime Minister David Cameron. Before heading to uni, Johnson had a gap year in Australia. He taught English and Latin at Timbertop, which is the outward bound inspired campus of Geelong Grammar that's set up in the Victorian high country. Yeah, Johnson is a real Australophile. Uh, He's a fan. He's long championed free movement between Australia and Britain. He's championed all sorts of things between Australia and Britain. He wants more of it. And some of his closest advisors over the years are Australians who have worked in senior jobs in the Liberal Party here. 
In Johnson's early professional life, he was a journalist and a columnist, but he got off to a rocky start when he was fired from the Times after making up a quote in a story. But he went on to find a home at the Daily Telegraph, the London one, not the Sydney paper. Yes, not the Sydney paper. (laughs) Uh, And in the 1990s, he honed his instincts as a Eurosceptic after he was appointed to the newspaper's Brussels Bureau and he was reporting on the European Commission. Uh, And by 1999, he became editor of The Spectator. That's a weekly magazine with a conservative slant on politics and culture and current affairs. That gave Johnson a great platform to becoming a politician. He was elected to the House of Commons in 2001. In 2008, he quit to become the Mayor of London. Yeah, and he got almost 80% of the primary vote in Mm. that election. Uh, It was a job that he held until 2016. And in the last year, he shored up his political future by getting re-elected to the House of Commons in 2015. Claire, we'll get into that period next, but we should say that he was a prolific communicator during this period. He was on many of Britain's quiz shows, on news shows, he wrote regular columns, and he also wrote books on Churchill, ancient Rome, London, politics, as well as parenting, the latter of which is a good segue into his busy personal life. Yeah, so Johnson has seven children and he's been married three times. Uh, One of those children came from an affair that he had while he was married to his second wife. He's now married to Carrie Simmons. Uh, She's a former Conservative Party staffer and her father is the co-founder of the independent newspaper. Uh, They have two children who are just babies. There's a lot going on there. And when it comes to Johnson himself, we haven't even touched on his shambolic appearance. (laughs) But let's get into the politics and why his prime ministership is under threat right now. seems like a long time ago, but it was just 2016 that Brexit dominated the political debate in the UK and Europe. To refresh your memory, Brexit was the campaign for the UK to leave the European Union. And as a leading Eurosceptic of some years standing, Johnson was front and centre of things. Yeah, he was a leading voice of the Leave campaign. And he was on the winning side when a referendum resulted in a 51.9% of votes being cast in favour of getting out of the European Union. That result was a shock to many. The polls certainly didn't predict it. And it saw then Prime Minister David Cameron, so Johnson's former uni buddy, resign. And that was just the start of it. It really was the beginning of years of political upheaval that saw Cameron's replacement, Theresa May, come and then go. And it was Johnson who saw her off. So Johnson had been the foreign secretary in the May government, but he resigned over her handling of Brexit. And then he ratcheted up the pressure on her from the backbench, uh, forcing a confidence vote in December in 2018. She won that vote, but it didn't stop the ball from rolling. And by mid-2019, she resigned which saw Johnson put his hand up for leadership of the party and the country. And he got support on the basis that he would keep the Brexit date of 31st of October 2019. Yeah, it's all coming back, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) flooding back. (laughs) And for the UK, after three years of it and all the politics and the uncertainty, so many people just wanted it to be over. So the proposition that the arrangements for Brexit would be sorted out within weeks was very appealing uh, and it was a mad rush to make it all happen. 
that deadline was met and his huge 2019 didn't end there. He went on to call an early election. Yeah, parliamentary terms of five years in the UK and May held and won that election in 2017. So it was a very early election. Johnson did that to get a clear mandate for his leadership and also for the policies for dealing with uh, moving Brexit on. And he was a hit with voters. He sure was. He delivered the Conservatives their biggest win since 1987 under Margaret Thatcher. So that was December 2019. But Claire, as we know, 2020 brought a whole new game. Oh, yeah, it sure did. So (laughs) like many nations around the world, COVID was a huge deal for the United Kingdom. And in the early days, Johnson was criticised for acting too slowly to stop the spread of COVID. And as the pandemic went on, he was criticised for mishandling the government's response. Johnson was pretty casual about COVID at the start. He made a point of going about business as usual, and that included things like hospital visits where he shook COVID patients' hands. And that went on really until he got COVID himself. Yeah, he was doing that as the nation's official medical advisors were urging public health measures uh, that we became very familiar with. But on the 27th of March, Johnson was confirmed to have COVID and he got very sick. Uh, in fact, officials started preparing for his death. And he came out of that experience with a bit more respect for the advice uh, for lockdowns and the like. With lockdowns, of course, come a lot of rules and it's whether he and his senior team stuck to those rules that has seen his government plunged into scandal. Let's get into Partygate next. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Claire, to set the scene of Johnson's current political woes, it's worth touching on the saga relating to Johnson's former chief political advisor, Dominic Cummings. So Cummings made a trip with his family uh, from London to Durham during the March 2020 lockdown uh, while experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. And remember, this is very early in the piece, but the rules were clear. You weren't allowed to travel. Now, Johnson refused to sack him and Cummings hung on for several months. But what experts say is that it undermined the public's trust in Johnson and his pandemic response. It wasn't just a political issue, it was a public health issue because medicos say it sent a signal that you could break the rules if you really wanted to. Yeah, so just to finish all of that off though, Cummings did leave Downing Street in November 2020 and he since criticised the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and Johnson's leadership, so Mm. it was a negative for Johnson all round. 
2021 brought more lockdowns and restrictions in the UK. Like so many places, including here, citizens were pretty over it before things started easing off this year following strong vaccination programs. But at the end of 2021, there was more bad news for the Johnson government over its handling of the COVID crisis. Yeah, and again, it had to do with adherence to the rules. Uh, In early December 2021, reports emerged that social gatherings of government and Conservative Party staff at the Prime Minister's residence and office in Downing Street had taken place ahead of Christmas 2020 against the COVID regulations. Now, Johnson denied the allegations, but what was uncovered were details and evidence that he was unable to deny. Yeah, emails about socially distanced drinks in the Garden of Number 10 were leaked, a gathering with cake for Johnson's birthday in the Cabinet Room and many more, hence the party gate term. Johnson did try to say, though, that they were work events. He did, and that didn't go down so well. Mm. Uh, You've got to remember that during that time, people were locked down and even when outdoors, they weren't allowed to meet with more than one person from outside their household group. And like here... People missed funerals, they missed seeing friends, they missed caring for loved ones. So to hear that the Prime Minister and senior government figures and advisers were getting together for drinks and birthday cake, it really rubbed people the wrong way. Rubbed the police the wrong way too. They investigated the alleged breaches and fined Johnson. It made him the first sitting Prime Minister to have breached the law. It also saw him lose his senior team. Yeah, Johnson's chief of staff, the heads of policy and media and others resigned for participating in those gatherings. And so when senior civil servant Sue Gray released a report in late May, uh, he could have been forgiven for thinking that he's already taken action to address those breaches, but the pressure has only continued to build. Yep, it seems that many think he should pay for the breaches with his job. And that's what's played out this week with enough of his colleagues moving a confidence vote on his leadership. And that's because recent polls show that voters who voted Conservative in the 2019 general election say they are less likely to vote that way again if Johnson stays leader because of this scandal. He won that vote with 211 of his colleagues expressing confidence in his leadership and 148 were against him. Uh, That's not a huge margin because if just 32 of his fellow party members changed their minds, uh, it could have been a very different result. Lucky for Johnson, the party rules say they can't hold another confidence vote for 12 months, but it doesn't mean that it's a year of clear air for Johnson. No, absolutely not. We've seen confidence votes play out like this before where the leader wins only to go on and resign in the weeks and months that follow because they accept that their leadership is terminal. Uh, Now, that might not be the case for Johnson. We'll have to wait and see. He certainly says that it ends months of speculation and it'll allow the government to draw a line and move on. It's a huge mountain for Johnson to climb when 41% of MPs who voted say they want him out. And then there is the turning public sentiment as well. But if he can hang on, there's some time before the next election. Yeah, that's right. The latest that the UK general election can be held is late January 2025. And that will be here sooner than you think, but still some time to go. And that's your shortcut to why Boris Johnson's in a little bit of trouble right now. On to our recommendations. 
each shortcut episode, we have a recommendation of something further to read, watch, or listen to. Now, we've touched a little on Johnson's shambolic appearance. He's scruffy. He looks like he constantly (laughs) needs a haircut or to have his shirt tucked in. My recommendation is an article in The Spectator by journalist Jeremy Vine. He's got a cracking story about Boris Johnson giving a speech that seems to highlight this chaotic energy and charm. But when he sees him do the same speech again at a different (laughs) function, it raises the question about whether it's all an act. It's a really good read. Oh, you've done well to remember that. That is a cracking column, that one. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a picture of Oxford University's exclusive male-only dining club. It's the Bullingdon Club and it features David Cameron and Boris Johnson. It's just a really interesting visual and a look at power and influence and how early those connections can start. Yeah, for sure. Both of those links will be in your episode notes as well. And as always, there is a written version of this shortcut on our website, thesquiz.com.au, if you want to check both of those things out. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Squiz Shortcuts. If you have something you'd like us to give a bit more context and background through, shoot us an email at hello at thesquiz.com.au. We love hearing your ideas for a shortcut. That's all for now. Until next week. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.